Hi, mijn naam is Louis Wittnik en ik ben een van de pastors bij deze kerk. Welkom bij deze podcast. Ik wil je ook welkom heten bij onze kerk. Elke keer als je in de buurt bent, namelijk in de regio Amsterdam of Almere, ga dan online en zoek op yourc3.church. En wij hebben mensen die op je wachten om je welkom te heten. Je kan daar de tijden vinden van een van de diensten in deze regio. Ik kijk ernaar uit om je te ontmoeten. I will explain it later in the message. But, you know, we did the morning session already. Those guys been on fire. But everyone told me, man, don't get too excited. You should hear the second service. Because those guys, like, they are on fire. Is that true? I can't hear anything. Come on. Yes. And as Pastor Steve mentioned, Hey, I'm just an ordinary guy. And we, we see by the grace of God right now, C3 Leipzig, we've got two locations. We've got a third one coming. We're talking about the size of, of church, around 600 people, five to 600 people in person. We have another five to 600 people that coming every Sunday online to watch the service. And I'm telling you that not to be like I'm the real deal. It's because when you know my life, my story, you will not imagine what God can do through you if you make something like this possible with me, okay? Because I believe if we could go to, to Leipzig just with a dream, because it was just a dream, And when we told people, we said, we're going to Leipzig, we're going to East Germany to start a church. It's the old communistic part of Germany. People said, oh, you can't build churches in East Germany. They said, oh, you will, you will fail. Your marriage will probably get prayed. You will not last. But we had a dream, something that God put inside of We dare to believe that every knee will bow down, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So maybe it just takes a handful of people who are bold enough, who are crazy enough, and believe that the city of Amsterdam will be changed forever because of the faith we're going to pour into it. Amen. So maybe it's time to not only imagine every hope on every street and I love that but maybe it's time that you are the hope on every street that you are the hope on every corner that you are the encouragement at your working place that you are the generous person wherever you are so that we make Christ seen amen hey and I just want to take this time Because, guys, you have the greatest pastors in the world. Pastor Lisby, Pastor Steve, they are the most generous. You know, they've been so worried about me because they had they put a few meetings for me in, 
happened yesterday, a leaders meeting. We did a worship workshop afterwards. And they were like, oh, Mattis, you're right, you need something. But to be honest, every moment with them was so energizing for me. It was so good. Hey, guys, honestly, you have amazing people. They're pastoring this amazing, good-looking church. You guys look fantastic. You are such beautiful people. They also pastor C3 Europe, and they do an incredible job. Do never take this for granted. You know why? In the moment where you take something for just given, for just granted, you, you do not see the miracle in it anymore. You do not see the special anymore. They are not, they are not just here and just take it like it is. So let's give it up one more time to honor Pastor Steve and Pastor Lisby for their amazing leadership. Come on. And I just want to, you know, I got to, you can sit down. I got a really simple message for you today because I'm a simple person. It's not because I'm German, because most Germans are not simple because they build difficult cars. Um, they build great cars, by the way. I believe German cars are really good. But I'm a simple person. And if you look for a really, really well-thought message, you need to come back next week when Pastor Steve is preaching. If you want something simple, I'm your man, amen? Simple doesn't mean it's not good. But I just want to pray. Father God, I just thank you for everyone in here. Father God, I pray that by the power of your word, by the power of your Holy Spirit, you change something today. Father God, I pray that you use my words to speak your message. Father God, I pray for open hearts. Father God, I pray for every person in this room that you speak into a situation. Father God, use me because it's not about me. It's, it's just about you, Jesus. Jesus, we want to praise you. We want to honor you. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. Come on, let's give it up one more time for God. And thank you, Ben. You're doing amazing. I want to look into a scripture with you today. That is really a simple message. Oh, you guys can go. You're amazing. Can we give it one more time up for the band? They did such a great job. I want to look into a portion of the message. Um, it's from Acts 16. And to just give you a glimpse, and we, we, look, we go later back to it. It says in verse 22, The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrate ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. Here's a thought for you, because for some it's a difficult thought. The proof of God, the proof that God is working in and through your life is not that you won't face any attack. It's not that you will have no difficulties because we often believe that. It's not. I think the proof or to see God working in your life means that by the power of His Holy Spirit that we are able to get up again when the attack came. That we are able to, to stand in the storm and still praise. That we are able to glorify God. Because God is for you doesn't mean that nothing is against you. 
And in reality, it is greater your calling is, as greater are the conflicts you will face. And this is difficult. But this is why you shouldn't wonder that when we see this portion of Scripture, that even when Paul and Silas been in trial, that even the crowd joined in the attack. Because it's not that there is never an attack, guys. But the question is how we handle it. How steadfast are we if we are under attack? How steadfast are you if the world around you gets crazy? How steadfast are you if your kids are really troublemakers? How steadfast are you if you lose your job? When the doctor report comes, when it's getting difficult. Let's see the whole scripture. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. When he received these order, he put them in an inner cell, fastened their feet in the stock. <laughs> About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundation of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. It says about midnight. I want to talk today about you about midnight. And to be honest, you know, when you, when you come somewhere to preach, you usually look like, what's the best message you got? What's the message, you know, full of hope, full of strength, where everyone, where you know, Everyone goes crazy, everyone shouts amen, everyone wants to receive Jesus for the 800th times, get right baptized afterwards. But that's not that message. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> it's not that message. Why? Because I was praying and I had this feeling that God tells me that there will be people today here, maybe you are, who stand in a midnight moment. I want to help you out of midnight. So let's talk about midnight for a moment. Midnight is that moment where a new day starts. Amen. You really need to help me. I will not get you out that quiet today here. Okay. I lost. I left my church at home. And they are like, just let you know, they are shouty. If there's something, they preach amen, they throw a Bible. You can pray amen. You can throw a Bible, especially if your Bible is on your smartphone device, okay? So everyone with an iPhone 12 or higher gets out your Bible app, okay? And if there's a revelation coming, just throw it. <laughs> just help me preaching, okay? Because I believe a sermon is not a monologue. It's a dialogue, amen? And did you know that when the Bible says it's by our yes and amen that Jesus will work on it. So let's get some yeses and amen in the house. Amen. Hey, midnight is where, the, where a new day starts. It's when a new, when a new year starts, new months start, and it's when a new season often starts. Isn't that right? And everything new, when something starts new, we have expectation on it. When we start a new day, we have an expectation for that day. When we start into a new year, we have expectation. This year, everyone was expecting that this year is going to be better than the last year. We're starting with expectation. 
We have expectations in the moments of transitions. But what's interesting is, is as we grow up, as we get older, our expectations, what we expect in those moments of transitions are changing. Mostly we expect less. Honestly, we expect less. When you get first, when you get married with 20, you have so much expectation on that one day. You believe like, oh, we're going to be husband and wife. We're going to walk this life together, ladies and gentlemen. And then you realize that even you're technically married, it doesn't make you a good husband or a good wife. Ask somebody who's married for 20 years. And you're like, ooh. Cause, and also, like, the things that happen. When you were younger, you more maybe expected from a new year. You expected a new adventure. You expected so many big things. Maybe on your birthday, I'm turning 18. But ask a person who just turned 52. He doesn't, it, he, he's like just flowing into it. <laughs> I, I know. No, I keep on preaching till you need to go home. <laughs> hey, uh, but what I mean is even the way you experience transitions are changing. Not, the, not, only what you not only what you expect, but the way you experience. When I was young, New Year's Eve, you know, we could party the whole night till the morning. I mean, pray and fast and sing worship songs. No, but it's, we, 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 we made a party, we celebrated the new year, and we stopped when the morning was coming. Now, I've got three kids, I'm married, I'm running a church, I'm happy if I just make it to midnight. I'm just happy if I can make it to that moment, and then I'm like, oh gosh, kids, did you watch the firework? Let's go to bed, you know? Because the way we experience transitions are changing. And when I was a child, let's get this done. When I was a child, um, for me, midnight was super exciting. I remember when I was young, I was probably six or seven years old. I asked my mom to stay up a whole night before my birthday to see the clock going on midnight, you know. And she was like, yeah, you, you can do it. Just do it in your room. Just don't, you know. <laughs> so I was standing there. And my dad had one of these digital clocks where it turns to zero, zero, zero. And I was so excited. You know, it was 11.53 and it was like only seven minutes. And, you know, I was like, oh, and then it was one minute. And we're like, yeah, now there's the more. And then it says zero, zero, zero. I was like, come on. And nothing happened. I think this was one of my most disappointing moments of my life. I don't know what I was expecting, but nothing happened. My parents were already asleep. I was like, just like, okay. But how often, guys, is that the same for us for church? Maybe you come here, maybe you're here for the first time and you're expecting something. You're expecting that that message 
that worship moment, that time in the house of God, that C group, that, that moment of giving, that moment of surrendering will change everything. That, that it will change something. Because we read the scripture where it says, suddenly an earthquake came. And then we have this hope for our life that suddenly something can change. And maybe you're coming here because you're looking for this sudden moment that God will touch in, in your personal life, that everything will change. God, bring me out of my debt. God, help me with my marriage. God, help me with my kids. Help me in my career. God, take this addiction away with, from me and please do it suddenly in an instant moment. And we expect something. But after a while we stop expecting something. Because it didn't work so far. Because many of you come every Sunday. And it didn't change. The new day, the new year, the new light, the new day hasn't changed the, the past. And it's the same battles. It's the same dysfunction. It's the same addiction. It's the same disappointment than you had yesterday, last week, last month, last year. And we're wondering... Is it ever going to change again? And then there is this weird German guy here and just reading that scripture which says suddenly there was an earthquake. And maybe you are like me when I read the Bible. There's often just a sense of hope and all of a sudden I think that maybe suddenly, maybe even that I gave up, but there's this little inch of hope, maybe something could change. God, maybe my marriage could work. Maybe my kids could change. Maybe the situation at my work could be better. Maybe I could find, fight my way through my addiction. Maybe the pain I have because of my past will gone and I will get this feeling of I'm set free. But aren't we way too mature to believe that? Come on, we are not children, aren't we? Suddenly. And that's often, let's, let's be really honest. In Leipzig, we always say we are hot church. Let that sink for a moment. Hot stands for honest, open, and transparent. Come on, let's be like super honest for a moment. We know it could happen suddenly, but who is expecting a sudden move of God in our life? And we're like, no, we don't. No. Because, Matt, is, I believe that there's a miracle possible for somebody else. But in my life, but in my situation, because it didn't happen. So why are you coming to church? I believe the most of you coming to church, not because you believe <coughs> and you hope that suddenly something will change, but you believe and hope and you see momentum. And we realize momentum is something that keeps me going. Momentum is something that can change something. You know, the drop on the stone, if it's enough. We, we know, hey, if we're surrounded by people, if we, do, if we come together, they're going to shape me. They're going to help me. Maybe this is a process of finding freedom. Maybe it's a process of being part of something bigger because it gives me a feeling of belonging when I never belonged somewhere. It gives me a sense of hope because even when I... 
I can't hope for it. There is somebody else who's hoping for me. And by the way, I believe this is the power of church. At the moment where you can't pray for something, somebody will fill the gap. The moment where you can't worship, somebody will stand there and say, don't you worry. I'm going to lift my voice. I'm going to believe for your outcome. I'm going to believe for a change in your situation. Amen. We got this sense of maybe momentum will do it. Don't get me wrong. I believe that God suddenly can change something. I believe God can do miracles above everything we can dream of. In my life, I grew up as a Christian. Or I grew up in the church, let's say it this way. Then I moved out of home. And I started to live a life that has nothing to do with a Christian. Like nothing to do. Like really nothing to do. I shared Pastor Lisby the story the other night, and she was just looking at me like, you are a naughty boy. <laughs> and I think she said, maybe you shouldn't mention the details on the pulpit. But there was a moment in my life, a defined moment, where suddenly something changed. You know what that moment was? The moment where I was so broken, where I, so f where I felt unloved, where felt like I, I got myself, I got my life on the wall. There was a moment where I went on my knees to pray a prayer. I said, God, if you're really there, I need a Savior. God, if you're really there, then I need you in my life. And you know what? My circumstances didn't change, but suddenly something in my heart changed. Suddenly I understood I'm not alone in that corner. Suddenly I understood I got a king who is greater than my past. I got a king who is greater than my circumstance. So C3 Imagine is a time to face your circumstances, to be in your situation, and to remember the grace that is already happened, to remember the grace that already brought you to this moment. Amen. If you are thankful though for the cross, this is the time where we shout, Amen. So maybe we should dare to believe. You know, and momentum is great, but the problem is with momentum, it can change suddenly. Let's say you got your plan, you got your fitness plan, you know. You want to look in shape like Pastor Mattis, uh, Pastor Steve. <laughs> You got your fitness plan, you're doing your workout, you know, uh, 25 hours a day, you know, you're running up the stairs, you do your leg days, you do your arm days, you do your ear days, you know, you're going the full drill, you're getting in shape, you're looking more amazing and you're feeling great. And then you walk up the stairs, not while you're training, not while you're in the mall, and you just nick your ankle and you broke your leg, break your leg. Your momentum drops right away and it's just gone isn't it maybe you're full in church in a c group in a connect group you're in a group you're serving on a team you you're even inviting people to your church you you're on fire you're giving you know there is a vision spill at dinner you at the front row and you know like i want to believe this and all of the sudden there comes a virus that stops everything around you and your momentum is gone and some of you ha even haven't found it back yet and it stopped what we're doing it freezes us that brings me to Paul and Silas because they had great ministry momentum. 
they saw change and revival because Paul was called to the Gentile. And you don't see the whole picture by this scripture. But what you, you need to understand where we are at the, uh, at the story is Paul is on his second mission trip. Paul already traveled thousands of kilometers just to share the gospel. Now he had a vision, so he went into Philippi. Why do you know the name Philippi of the city? Because 10 years later, he's writing a letter to this church that is recorded in the Bible. And this time he's not even alone. He got Silas with him again. They know each other. But he got a young bloke with him. His name is Timothy. He is a servant. He is so committed that he even got circumcised before the trip. So he's not offending any Jewish Christian. Imagine every male volunteer of this church... Needs to get, ooh, so how committed are we? No, don't worry. Don't worry. We won't do that today. <laughs> but <laughs> I just get a prophetic word for a midweek message. <laughs> no, Paul has a mission and Paul has momentum. Because he came to Philippi and he couldn't find a place in a synagogue to preach or, and to be there. So he just went to the beach. He just went to the beach, was looking, found a businesswoman named Lydia. Lydia had a great influence in the city. She shared the gospel to Lydia. Lydia got saved. And next minute, you saw that in her house, in her place, the first house church was birthed. It was the first church on Europe's soil. The gospel went further than ever imagined. They had momentum. And then they start preaching in the, in the streets. People falling by the Holy Spirit. Miracles happen. You know, it was crazy. But then there was one lady that were following them. She was a fortune teller. And she just followed them everywhere along. And she yelled at them all the time. And Paul got annoyed. I'm wondering what is following you. It's probably not a fortune teller. And... If you are married, don't look at your spouse right now. Just eyes on me. <laughs> but what are you was following you where you're so annoyed from? Which is always bringing you down. That was Paul's situation. So what he, did he do? He just turned around, cast out the spirit of fortune telling out of her. So she, she, she had to just shut up and he just walked. The problem was she was a slave. And their master made a lot of money with her. So they weren't happy at all. And they were the ones that Paul got Paul and Silas in front of trial. And they ended up in prison. But not after they got really badly beaten. So maybe you realize just now that your last year wasn't that bad at all. And then it says about midnight maybe midnight isn't just a time maybe i think midnight meets darkness and darkness often meets confusion did you ever been in your situation do you where you do the best you know how what god asked you to you did everything you can you prayed for it other people prayed for it you tried everything but the situation did not clear up 
that's midnight. Did you ever try to raise your kids as good as you can? You try to teach them everything you know. You pray for them every day. But now they got this one new friend, this one new group of friends. You can't reach them anymore. And you see how their life going in a direction where, you sh where everything in you shouts, but you can't reach them anymore. They're dropping out of church. That is midnight. Did you ever been in your situation where you're surrounded by people but feeling alone? And instead of you hanging out with them, you laugh with them, you, you smile with them. You, they see you smiling, but they don't see you crying on the inside. And you know they probably just like my mask. Will they ever like who I really am? But I'm too afraid to show who I really am. Will, they, will anyone ever love me just the way I am? But I'm too afraid that is midnight. If you ever stuck in a place of frustration and it's doesn't look like anything will go any better. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your job, your financial situation, the addiction you are facing, the sickness you have, the broken relationship, the pain of your past. And you don't know if it's, any, if it's getting better. If it could be, will it be? That's midnight. And many of you are in this situation. But instead of showing who we really are, we try to look the best we can. Church, you know on a secret, I believe that's our problem. That we sometimes try to walk as strong as we can. When there is a moment where we should be vulnerable and get our knees. You know what? I know, guys, you have the problem with this because we don't want to show how weak we are. I'd rather be a person on my knees telling God how broken I am and how I need his help instead of trying to be on my legs try to do it all by my own but it doesn't work maybe it's time to get on your knees and tell God I'm really in the midnight moment amen because Paul and Silas are in prison and it's midnight it's dark it's an unknown place and that's what happened in our life isn't it maybe you did everything you can and then suddenly there was this one moment, suddenly it was the virus, suddenly it was an accident, suddenly it was a person who left you, suddenly it was a moment that happened. And now you're standing in this dark spot in an unknown place with a beaten back and you don't know how to get comfortable anymore. You don't know how to sleep anymore. You know, for me midnight as a child wasn't just exciting, it also was scary. My mom always said, my dad that's just midnight noises. Because in the middle of the dark, everything sounds different. Everything gets amplified. You know what I mean? You're I was in my room and down the hall, there was the kitchen with the refrigerator. You heard the sound of the refrigerator and it sounded like a monster. Or the tree that is standing in front of your window that is just moving a little bit and you just hear hear how it's moving and you believe there's an army outside trying to break into your house trying to get into your room it's those midnight noises that one car that drives really lonely at night really slowly around your house and you believe there is a tank outside ready to bomb your house because that's what we Germans fear so so you got this midnight noises and it's not just the noises I think it's also our emotions get louder at night. There are things in your life you don't hear during the day. Why? Because you'll be busy enough to let those by side. 
But then all of a sudden it's midnight. All of a sudden it's getting uncomfortable. And the voices come in your head. The things come in your head. The doubts. The, the sorrows. The problem. And I believe it's even for things that, are, they, that you know really well. For really familiar things. Just a couple of nights ago, my wife went to bed before me. And our eight-month-old son, he's just eight-month-old, he's still sleeping in the same room. So I was doing some things and um, praying and fasting. I watched a miserable soccer game, to be really honest. <laughs> and I mean that the Dutch lost. I don't know what game. You thought, I was so for the Dutchies. <laughs> so I was going to bed later. So I, I went to bed, you know, I sneaked in. You know how you come later than your spouse to bed and you try to be really quiet? So I was super quiet, you know. I went to bed, put the blanket over me, everything was settled. And the biggest goal is do not wake up the baby. Do not wake up the baby. So I made it, you know. I was holding my breath for 30 minutes to, you know, I believe I'm a ninja. But unfortunately I'm not. So I was, I was finally in bed, and you know, my leg was scratchy a little bit. So you know what you do? You just put your other foot, and you just scratch your leg like, and I thought, like, I'm fine. And all of a sudden, I heard my, voice, my, my wife behind me, and something in me knew, this is dangerous. You know how your hairs go up? And you're like, oh, you got boost gums everywhere. And then she, I like my wife. I love her. Whenever I met you, you know, she's such a beautiful, gentle person. But they, and I heard her voice thousands of times during, during the day. But at that night, at midnight, everything sounds different. So she <laughs> kept her breath and was like, stop moving your feet. And I was like, ah! You know, even the most familiar things can sound so scary at night. And I love my wife, but she sounded so scary at that moment. Everything sounds different at midnight, especially after you've been beaten. So, Paul and Silent couldn't sleep. So what did they do? They start singing. Not just any song from the radio. Not just any tune they heard. They start singing some worship songs. They start singing some church songs. But how did they do that? Because they were in a prison cell. It was in the middle of the night. There was no worship team just rolling up with their little, with their truck and setting up the beamer, setting up the stage. There was no one coming in front of them. Hey, Paul and Silas, great that you're here. Come on, let's stand up. Let us worship the King of Kings. Let us learn this new song. We turn graves into God. No, nothing happened like this. How, where, how? Have they been able to sing that song, those tunes during the night? If you want to go through your midnight moments well, you have to remember the melody during the day so you can sing it at midnight. I just want to tell you that don't forget what God told you in the light just because you're in the darkness. Because He hasn't changed. Because He wants to see you through your midnight moment. Amen. The first thing I want you to let you know is you need to 
memorize. You need to merit, memorize. And I want to encourage you to remember things right. Better than you used to. Because if I ask you how happened the last 12 months, your answer will be, well, not that good. Yes, I get that. But maybe it's time to memorize right to see the blessing that you still had for the last 12 months. Maybe it's just to recognize, I didn't see that coming, but I'm still standing. I'm still praying. I'm still married. I'm still alive. I'm still not that broken. I'm still working on myself. The last 12 year month has been hard, but I'm still here because of the grace of God. Maybe it's time that you remember well. When, when the Israelites went out of the wilderness into the promised land, you all know the story, Joshua, uh, and then the Jordan, and they crossed the Jordan. They finally, oh, be brave and courageous. Yeah, and they've been over. They've been all over. And then God told Joshua, hey, send 12 people back. Get 12 stones, stones out of it and go back to the shore of the Jordan and put them in the circle you call that place Gilgal. Gilgal is Hebrew and means circle. Because I believe we need to get out of slavery, out of wilderness, and to a place of remembering more than once in our life. Amen. So he told them that. They built Gilgal. And then they were standing there. And then God spoke again to, to Joshua. He said, Joshua, when you stand here with your kids, I want that you remember right. I will, I want that you tell your kids, not about the miserable times in slavery, not about the hard times in the wilderness. When you stand here with your kids, you tell them this is the place where my God delivered us from any evil, where he delivered us from the past, where he delivered us. You need a faith that looks forward and just let the devil know where you're coming out of it. But you mostly standing like this. Church, maybe it's time to remember right and see that God still worked in that season, that he still blessed you, that you are still standing. And some of you wondering why many here in this church, they worship a little bit harder. They, they shout a little bit louder because you don't know where they've been through. And they just made it to this Sunday to praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> to get through the darkness, we have to remember what God has told us in the light. And imagine, it wouldn't happen here, I know. But imagine Pastor Steve didn't pill pay the electricity bill and would get pitch black here in the room. And you would think, how is he going to finish his sermon? Oh, don't you worry, because I remember it, it. I memorized it in the light, so I can also preach it in the darkness. And when I was young, or probably in the beginning of my no, just before I went, moved out of my parents' place, my grandpa used to live with us. And my grandpa, he, he was sick. He had a midnight moment in his head. And he, got, he had dementia. So most of the time, he didn't remember who we were. He didn't remember where he was. He didn't even, most of the time, he didn't even remember who he was. But my, my grandpa, he was a church person. He loved God. 
He was a simple man, but he loved God. You know, every time when we start singing some hymns, you saw something clearing up in his mind. And he remembered those worship songs. He didn't know who he is, but he never forgot how to worship God. Because he remembered. Because he memorized it, not in his brain, but in his heart, how good God is. He memorized it in his heart, how to worship God. He memorized what he's done. Church, it's time that when you go in your midnight, because you will get through this moment, that you take something with you. And that what you take with you is something you learned in the light. That you know, Jesus, you deliver me from all evil. If I walk through the valley of death, I fear not because you are with me. I am the head, not the tail. That neither good or bad, angel or demon can ever separate me from the love of God. And that's what they did. They just started singing. All things are possible. I just imagine There's no prison how this room that he can will be filled with people standing no on their feet he can move. who are lifting All their hands and worship at midnight. There's no Come on, church, why we don't stand up? Raise, no Maybe it's time to lift up our voices. Maybe it's time to start worshiping. There's no prison wall he can't break through, no mountain he can't move, all things are possible. There's no broken body he can't raise, no soul that he can't save, all things are possible. If you believe that everything is possible for There's our God, no then let's lift up our wall, he can't even break in through. the darkness, no even in your situation at the moment, move. even with all your broken marriage, even with before. the struggle at your work. There's no broken body he can't raise, no soul that he can't save. All things are possible. Come on, C3, There's no reason wall he can't break through, no mountain he can't move. All things are possible. There's no broken body he can't raise, yes, sure. no soul well, that he can't save, and let's worship till the day is coming, till the lights go up again, come on. Oh, there's no prison wall he can't break through, no mountain he can't move, all things are possible. Come oh, on, let's give God a big no praise. Come on, let's clap our hands. Yes. I just want to let you know, you need to remember, you can sit down. We are not done yet, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I didn't drive all the way from Germany here to finish now. Somebody enjoying, somebody learned something so far, yes? Yes, come on. Hey, I, I just want to encourage you. Remember the blessings you already received. Remember the valleys He carried you through. Remember the ways He created for us, the promises He kept. And then your only response can be praise. 
no matter what your circumstance around you. And that's what Paul did. Paul knew God was faithful this morning. He will be faithful tonight. And in fact, Paul was really good in remembering, right? Ten years later, he writes this letter to the Philippines. And it says, I thank my God every time I remember you. But most of us would, would every time winch about the prison we've been. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Paul remembered the reason, not the season. Paul remembered why he came to Philippi, not what happened in Philippi. Let's look what happens afterwards. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundation of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone changed, came loose. First you have to memorize and then what you need to do, because that's what I would do, you need to mobilize, my ladies and gentlemen. If the prison store fly open, I would get every speed I have left and would get myself out of it. Amen. But that's not what Paul did. Because unfortunately Paul is better in preaching than in prison breaking. Because you remember your time in school was the last class was just the class just finished the teacher just released you to go home and she forgot the homework you remember that and then there was always one person in the class always one miss smith miss smith you forgot the homework and everyone was like i believe those people become math teachers by the way but but what I want to tell you is Paul was that person. Paul was that kid. Let's see the next verse. And the jailer woke up. When he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and, sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Miss Smith, Miss Smith, don't harm yourself. We are all. Imagine you were one of the other prisoners. We are all here. Paul makes it difficult, isn't it? When we think it's about running out of it. Oh, we prayed. Oh, we worshiped. The doors flew open, of course. We, because God is delivering us from all evil. And I was expecting some action, some chasing, some helicopters, some Quentin Tarantino action. You know what I mean? But that's not what happened. You know what happened? And I want that you realize this. The miracle wasn't at midnight. The miracle was after midnight. Because Paul didn't come to Philippi to run out. Paul came to bring something in. Paul came to bring the gospel into the Philippi. And that's what he did. He said to the guy, don't harm yourself. Shared the gospel. He got saved. His whole household got saved. That church was rocking. Is it possible? Is it possible that what happens at midnight wants to give you the strength to see the miracle afterwards, to, to share your story? Maybe Paul has the kind of face that don't looks for a way out because that's what we all do, most of us. When we talk about midnight, we talk about the new year, we talk about a new season. That's what we actually ask God. It's like, I'm not keen for a new season, but I just want to get out of my old world. 
God, I just want to get out of my old world. God, deliver me from that. God, change that problem. God, get me out of my death. God, help me. Get me out of my marriage. God, do something. Get me out of my pain in the past. Maybe God isn't that interesting to get you out of it. Maybe He's more interesting that you get Him into this situation maybe he wants to bring you all the way in and says Matt is the miracle is not the open door so you can run the miracle is just so I can come in so maybe it's time if you want joy in your life that you bring Jesus in maybe it's time in the moment where you where you are so broken and so hurt that you bring his joy his hope that you start to bring him in amen Paul should run, but he didn't. He came to bring the world, the word of God in. <laughs> Is it possible that God wants to use your midnight to bring something in that is even bigger than your circumstances? You know, I was talking with Pastor Lisby yesterday, and she asked me that I definitely need to share that, and I'm going to do that just because she asked me and it's a great excuse that I'm a little bit over my preaching time. <laughs> there is a Jamaican missionary and he said once that the graveyard is the richest and healthiest place of the world. Why is that? Because there are so many dreams that never got to live out. So many songs, so many books that never got written because the people didn't do it when they were alive. So many churches that never got planted because people didn't have the faith. So many callings that never got lived because, because they didn't have the faith. And you know what? I know it's a bold statement. They shared it just a couple of weeks ago with my team. I'm the person I want to die empty. What I mean by this is I want to pour everything out that God brought put into me. I want to dare to believe. I want to see the impossible possible. I want to bring every gift Jesus took in me, every little bit of energy, every bit of joy, every bit of hope, everything I can learn about Him. I don't want to take it with me in my grave. I want to use it to glorify Jesus King on my time right now, right here. I don't want to be held back because I'm afraid what somebody else will think. I don't want to hold back by my circumstance. I don't want to be too comfortable in my comfort zone because in your comfort zone, you never take responsibility for the kingdom of God. I want to step out of my comfort zone. I don't want to care about how sweaty I am, how loud I am, because I'm too much on fire for my king in this world. Amen. So maybe it's time because your problem is you don't stop burning because you could eventually burn out. I know burnout is a real struggle. Don't get me wrong. And we need to help people in this situation. But I want to have, I want to burn for everything I needed to. I want to be so empty. I want to die empty. So empty that they put on the stone, here's empty medicine. I know some of you are in the midnight moment. Maybe it's time to bring God in this moment. On matters, yeah, that's sweet. 
thy empty. You need to bring God into it. And might as well, I'm really stuck right now. Maybe you did everything you can. Maybe you try to look so good, so rounded right now. But the world inside of you is a mess. And now, man, as you're just saying, just worship a little bit. Just pray a little bit. Just remember a song and a Bible verse. You don't know what I've been through. Remember, it's a simple message. So let me give me one another really simple picture for it, okay? And I need some chairs on, my sta on this stage. And two, there's another one. Great, I need a rope. And I need one brave person right now who comes up on the stage with me. Just, uh, you better do it. You better pick it. You better decide yourself. Otherwise, I will just randomly ask people. Okay, Peter, come up. <laughs> okay, but C3, imagine I need your help. Peter's a tall guy, taller than I am. I need at least three, the, the three strongest guys you have. Come on, you two. Yes, come. No, no, no. You two, come. Yeah, there we go. Up we go. Okay, you see. Yes, give it up for them. Simple picture, okay? Simple picture. Just let me take that little moment because I believe it will help somebody. This Peter. Peter represents you. And let's say it really cheesy. He's sitting in his chair of life, you know? That over here. This here, I am representing God. And I just remember, it's just an example. We are all glad that I'm not. I know. Okay. Look at those guns behind Peter. These are the things in your life you're facing. The depression you have. And that's holding your chair. Hold it with everything you have. The worries you have. It's holding you. The sin you have, it's holding you. The financial finance struggle, a lack of faith, a lack of hope, it's, hold, it's holding you. And you know, we're standing here and I'm standing over here. And Peter is not allowed to stand up. He has to hold tight to the chair. And I would tell him, I'm God. And this is what you and me try so often in our life. Peter, come closer to God. Come on, Peter, try harder. Because this is what we say to each other. Peter, Peter, you need to worship more. Peter, maybe you, maybe you have to, 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 maybe you have to pray a little bit more. Peter, maybe you have to read your Bible more. Peter, maybe you have to be more often in church. And it doesn't work. Because we forget something. You can put so much effort to come to God God deliver me out of this situation but think there is something because what we forget is Jesus died on the cross so there's the third thing third person and I want to tell you he's the person he's the Holy Spirit who wants to live in us and wants to connect us with God and this is what we need to do not just when we receive Christ but this is what you need to do if you're stuck in a midnight moment you have to grab hold of that you don't want to see you want to know a secret 
honest worship doesn't change your circumstances. It doesn't. A real honest prayer doesn't change your circumstances. What it does, it's pulling on something. So instead of trying to move him, he is just pulling God into this situation. Church, maybe it's time that you start pulling God into your situation, in your circumstances. Because you know what's the problem? Some of you are so afraid that God's going to see those guys. He's not intimidated by it. He knows the thing you're watching online. He knows the sin you committed. He knows the thoughts you have, but he still died for it. And what God wants to do is to come into your situation and get rid of this. To want to set you free. So Peter and I start going for a walk. Because he got rid of his Wooten clan and his, his crazy pants. I'm like, Peter, come on. I want to move you to new places. I want to show you places. I want to use you in your life. Amen. But there is a problem. Many of you have that moment. And you're like, man, I'm stuck again. Because this is what can happen in our life. We're so, we, we're so fine. It's so fine. So we get loose a little bit of content. And the thing's coming back in. And they are smart, aren't they? Instead of holding the chair, they also hold the rope. That when we got this connection, we go further and further and further. At this time, Peter tries to pull me in. Oh, you have to hold this on the other end of the rope. Well, you can't pull. Don't destroy my picture. Be focused. And he tries to pull me in as hard as he can. But instead of they holding. But I want to let you something. You often believe it has to be this mind-changing conference, that big moment of deliverance. But you know what? God only needs to feel it a little bit. Some of you lost the connection with God, you think. You got this feeling that I'm, that I'm pushing, I'm pulling, I'm doing, and nothing has happened. I want to let you know God never leaves you or forsakes you. He only needs a little, little bit. Because this time, you are not pulling. He's coming to you. Because he means, when he says, I want to set you free. He's not doing it once. He is doing it every little time when you ask for it. Maybe it's getting harder to reach him because you think so. But he is here. He is here today. And he wants to let you know it's time to get out of your midnight. It's time to bring me in. Because the miracle I'm doing after midnight, after your depression, with your pain, with your sorrows, with your broken will be the greatest testimony this city can ever see and it will help people to find me. Thank you guys. Maybe, it, maybe we should stop asking Jesus to deliver us. Maybe we would just be honest and say, God come in and change it. Maybe it's not that Jesus wants to deliver you from your depth. Maybe he wants to come in and help you to work with your finances. 
God just doesn't want to deliver you from your marriage problems. He wants to come in and heal something. Because you think your marriage is broke, but maybe it's something in you because you never learned to love yourself and you put something on your spouse that they never, never could fill. And Jesus is coming in and saying, don't, let's don't talk about the marriage. Let's talk about you. Some of you say, I'm so alone. I will never love somebody because you never got through the rape that happened when you were a little child. And it's the most horrible thing that happened. And maybe Jesus doesn't want to send you Mr. Right. Maybe he just wants to come in your heart and starts healing something there because he's saying, I'm coming in your situation. Amen. And I just want to do this. Just want to ask you to stand up. Stand up with me for a moment. I think today here are two types of people. Here are the ones on the chair that never got Jesus in their life. Oh, matters. I'm in church all my life. Yes, you are. But maybe you never, ever left him really in. And then this is your moment. Maybe you made a decision many years ago and you walked so away from it. Then this is your moment. Because I want to give you the invitation to ask Jesus today to come in your life, to be your personal Savior. As why do I need a Savior? Because you've got sin in your life. But the thing is, we often think that sin is the measure between good and evil. We do. Sin is a relationship status. It says we are not connected with God. And Jesus Christ died to get rid of everything so you can have Jesus. And in a moment, I want to make you, make you this invitation to get Him in. But I believe there's a second group right now, and you are in your midnight moment. I just want to pray for you. I just want that you close your eyes. And if you are hitting the midnight, I just want you to lift up your hands right now. Just to, to lift them up, ready to receive. Lift them higher. Say, Jesus, that's me. God, that's me. God, I, you see that place. God, you see that situation. God, you see my midnight. God, you see my marriage. God, and I just pray for all the people who are just reaching out to you, Jesus. Jesus, I pray that you come in their situation right now. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray for a new day. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we declare that the miracle will happen still. It will still happen after midnight. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we declare that it's time to move into it. Jesus, come into this broken moment. Come into this broken things right now. Jesus, we pray that the morning is coming. Because it's maybe midnight. For some it's midnight. For us it's the start of a new day. We wave at the morning because the morning is coming. So Jesus Christ, do your thing in the name of Jesus. And if you haven't received Christ in your life, bedankt voor het luisteren naar deze podcast. Ik wil graag nog een paar momenten van je tijd nemen. Want misschien realiseer je je vandaag wel dat je je relatie met Jezus in orde moet maken. Misschien heb je hem nooit eerder in je leven uitgenodigd. Of misschien ben je om een bepaalde reden van hem weggegaan. En vandaag wil ik je graag uitnodigen om bij hem terug te komen. Of misschien weet je wel niet zeker of je naar de hemel gaat. 
Ik zou je nu graag in een gebed willen leiden en dat je dit gebed met mij opzegt. Lieve God, ik dank je voor Jezus. Ik dank u dat u voor mij gestorven bent. Ik vraag u dat u mij vergeeft. Ik neem afstand van mijn verleden en ik geef u mijn leven. Kom in mijn leven. Ik dank u dat ik vandaag gered ben. In Jezus' naam. Amen. Als je dit gebed gebeden hebt, heeft de Heilige Geest vandaag iets gedaan in jouw leven. En het zou geweldig zijn als je ons hierover wil vertellen. Dus stuur ons een mail naar info.cdamsterdam.nl Laat ons weten dat je deze beslissing genomen hebt. En laat ook je adres achter. Want we willen graag een boekje sturen dat je zal helpen om deze beslissing te bekrachtigen en om een volger van Jezus te worden. We kunnen je ook helpen om geplant te worden in onze kerk dicht bij jou. God zegen je en tot snel.